With all watchfulness, keep thy heart. Keep thine heart with the utmost care. Above all that thou guardest, keep thy heart more than anything you guard. With all vigilance, keep your heart. Watch over your heart with all diligence. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Stacy. Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast. Here in the week of January 25th, the year is picking up momentum, and we wanted to bring in part three of our series here at the top of the year on bringing the heart back to center stage for each of us. Because the scripture has it at center stage, because God keeps it at center stage, and because it's taken a little beating in the last 12 months or so. And so, last week, if you were with us in part two, I had the guys in the studio to talk about the unique challenges of 2020 and now the early stages of 2021 for men. Things like, man, we love to fix We love to fix stuff. And 2020 was hard because there wasn't much we could fix. It felt very emasculating for men. It felt, well, there was a lot of hopelessness, right? There was a lot of defeat that came in. I don't don't think that needs to be the final outcome, but that was a reality Mm -hmm. uh, of it. But this week, even better, I want to almost interview you a little bit, talk to you, hear from you what 2020 was like for women, the heart of a woman, what were the unique challenges, and then how do we protect our hearts going into this new year for women. So before we dive deep, I just want to ask, Stace, share, like, coming out of 2020, how are you? How's your heart? You know what? I'm going to go first. Um, age before beauty. <laughs> Whatever. You have both, darling. (laughs) But it is different for life stages, I think. But the general weariness that I feel and that I'm not even aware of is really characterizing my life. Because when I think back on the year and as we proceed into these times, I am weary from the extensive navigating of relationships that is required. Because if I'm just talking with people about general things or even about things of faith or whether they're a believer or not, I have a rhythm in that. I kind of know that terrain. But when I am engaging people who have very differing opinions on everything, on masks to vaccines to social gatherings, to all of it, to all of it, and and very different opinions and wanting to honor them while figuring out my own. But that that can be tiring. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has been exhausting. It has. I think it's good for you to say at a level that I'm not aware of because we're all just trying to do our best. Yeah. Everyone's just trying to rally and and carry on with love and conviction that sort of but we don't we're not aware of this deep just right behind the scenes weariness. Right. So I am aware of dropping balls that I didn't even know were in the air. So Yeah. Yeah. Cher, how's your heart coming out of 2020? 
recently I had a chance to ask Jesus to show me where my heart was, and my heart was so sad. Mm. My heart was so sad. And I was in the dark with my head down, forehead to my knees, and my Fig- heart was so Figuratively or actually? Um, no, no. This was a picture Jesus gave me. I asked him to show me my heart. And what he showed me was it was a picture of me, but I was, I was um, in that position and so grieved. Mm. Yes, wow. yes. Yeah, right. It took a toll. And one of the simple steps towards wholeheartedness is to just name it. You're not making agreements with it simply to name, wow, rough year. Mm-hmm. I feel a little, what, friends? What, dear listeners, what do you feel? I feel a little angry. I feel a little beat up. I feel a little scared. I feel a little apprehensive. Like, put some words to what this has been like to live through. It's been very, very helpful. Stace and I continue to do that. Even even just this week, we were having some coffee and conversation about, how you doing? What's this been like? And naming things, because naming is the beginning of releasing the emotional impact of it, and et cetera, the path towards healing. So as you think back personally on 2020, but as you also think about the women in your world, so your your relational networks, what were the unique struggles for a woman's heart in all that we have just passed through and are still in, for heaven's sakes? It's like there's no magic flip of the switch here. We're still in it. So mm-hmm. what's what what, do, what have you observed in yourself or in your friends that are the unique challenges to a woman's heart? Okay, I'm going to just start with, again, the relational aspect. How to do it. The uncertainty. The wanting to love. The breaks in friendships is grievous that I, I know— several accounts of people whose friendships have ended over the pandemic. And I'm not even the political thing, which is also really a deep rift, but the pandemic and all of it was very confusing. And so for women, I think a deep level of anxiety rose up. Um, the uncertainty every every day, not knowing what's what's happening today, what's what's going on, what are they saying? Is there a is there a lockdown? What level is it? Can I walk outside with a friend? Am I supposed to be? I mean, all all of it. Are my kids going to be home for another month? Right, what's, the what's back happening? and forth of that. Yeah. Um, figuring it out, the pressure to figure it out and want to do it well has been very trying for a woman's heart. I think it's really good for us to remind our listeners, all of our listeners, but especially the women listening, how deep your relational capacities run. Eve is God's relational expert. And we've had our son, Sam, and his wife, Susie, and their two little ones living with us. Finley, who's four, Johnny, who's two, a two-year-old boy and a four-year-old girl are a fascinating look into Genesis chapter one. And with Johnny, it's wrestling, it's roughhousing, it's building things up and knocking them down. It's fast, faster, you know. Finley, it is relationship. And if I don't treat her heart 
well. I mean, just mean considerately. If I'm not relationally present, uh-uh. Uh-uh. You don't have access anymore. Uh-uh. We're not going any further. <laughs> it is so beautiful. And I just look at her with wonder and mystery to go, wow, God, you sent into the world a highly relational creature. Let me learn. I, I'm watching. I'm learning. So for you, hon, to name, okay, let's just start with relationships for women. I, like we could do six episodes on that how deep that is, how tiring it's been, how uncertain. Do you relate to that, Cher? Mm -hmm. I do. John, as you're describing Finley, I'm thinking of what you and Captivating Stace invited us to do, which is to just think about what is that in Jesus' heart, in the in God's heart, that is, what image is she bearing? So um, I'm aware that's where my heart went. A few stories come to mind. One is my beloved aunt who has, um, she's in her 70s, mid-70s, and she has some chronic health problems, and she really, really needed to be careful this uh -huh, year. Yes. And she had two grandchildren be married. And it just simply, it wasn't like trying to be over careful. It was not safe yes. for her to be in, at these weddings. And so, and then my my beloved mother-in-law lost her best friend to a stroke suddenly in December. And they had a private mass, but not being able to come oh, and celebrate. And again, yes. not because people are afraid, yes. but because there's real. Yes. And then my sister, um, her neighbor died, a 50-something-year-old neighbor who died of COVID, mm -hmm. who had been healthy otherwise. So just, you know, like you said, it's all over the place, but at the same time, just the real um, real losses that aren't necessarily from a paranoia, but from a true, no, no, this, exactly. would be, this would be dangerous for me to do, and I can't. And I'm missing yes. out on these major yes. things. It, it, well, in states, you know, had different regulations and levels, and friends of ours had to take a big, beautiful 150-person wedding down to immediate family. And on the bride's heart, but actually on the mama's heart. So hard. So hard. I mean, it's just been grievous as you as you and the people that have lost loved ones and they haven't been able to be by their side. That's ruthless. Well, it's the nightmare. It, it is. It's the it last is. thing you would ever. Yeah. But then to not be able to gather together, it, it has been ruthlessly costly. It really has. Yes. It's so helpful to name on a woman's heart. And we're just in the category right now of relationships. Sure, as you look at your friends, as you think back on 2020, what else? What, what are the unique challenges, struggles? For a woman? I think in many cases there was stress on the marriage as these you know, stressors came barreling down onto yes. households and to just observe um, the stressors on them that would then come upon the marriage and trying to navigate that, which you know, we all know um, from love and war, you know, marriage already is <laughs> is something set in the midst of a war, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just to watch the marriages and the stressors there and maybe not being able to get the support that you normally would as another example of where I just saw Eve's heart. Yeah. For both men and women, because suddenly, during the quarantines at least, he was working in the living room and she was working in the bedroom. And, you know, they're both on laptops and doing Zoom meetings or whatever's going on yeah, or trying to homeschool the kids. Whoa. Like, yeah, big pressures on the marriage and unique pressures that I think many people had never experienced before, where suddenly you're on top of each other 24-7, and you don't have your 
normal outlets, you know, of work and church and friendships and groups and, you know, him hanging out with his pals, she getting some time with her girlfriends, and suddenly you're just there. And then the financial pressures of, you know, loss of job, loss of income. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this, (laughs) friends, we're actually not trying to take everybody back into the... uh, into the sinking mire here, but it's just good to name it and to say, holy moly. Right, to not get depressed, but honor it. Honor yes, where we've been. honoring what yeah. our hearts have been through for each of us. What else? What else do you see with your friends? What else do you see in the world of women that you would name as a particular struggle? I noticed the pressure to be amazing in it. Like somehow, now that we're locked down, I am going to get my closets organized by color. And I am going to learn another language because I've got all of this, you know, I'm not running around like crazy. So that that feeling of, wow, here's another area that I'm failing. Look at them. They've completely changed the way they ate and they've lost 20 pounds over this. Oh, man. It went the other direction for me. So just the the pressure to do it really, really well, as I think um, in, in a unique way in a woman's heart. And I think the other thing is that every vulnerability was vulnerable. Like any everything in our in our soul, in our spirit, in our in our being, where uh, the enemy has been able to target in the past became even more av- available for targeting. And then um, just to spiral in, I am not handling this well. And we always look at other women's life and go, oh, she's handling it well. She's soaring. Look how good she's doing. And um, I am She repainted not- her house. She taught her children all through quarantine. They skipped a grade. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, so that 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 haunting of comparison is something that um, is a vulnerability, particularly for women. But then in this, to also have um, places that weren't as shored up or weren't as healed as we either want them to be or thought they were, uh, became exposed. So there would be some discouragement in that. Oh, absolutely. As well. Yes. Like it's insult on top of injury. It right? is. We, we all suffered some real body blows in this. Mm-hmm. Just getting knocked over and then feeling shame that you aren't more resilient. Yes. Am I naming something? Yeah, you really are. And I think um, as a believer, and I know that Jesus was really shaking everything that needed shaking and that and getting me to a firmer ground in him. But but it was also exposing where I thought I was on a firm ground. You know, I thought that I really had given everything over to you and, and trust and release. And then, oh, this is new though. So yeah, anyway, that was that was telling and something that I shared. Comparison, yeah. shame, mm-hmm. maybe some embarrassment thrown in there of, I wish I was doing better, Gadzooks, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, be amazing. I thought I was a more wholehearted <laughs> woman. Yeah. Mercy, kindness. I thought I loved better than this. <laughs> Folks, it was a rough year. It still is rough right now. Like kindness, mercy, compassion. But can I also ask you, coping. 
What did you discover about coping mechanisms? You mean, where'd we go? For you and your friends. I'm blushing. I'm exposed. <laughs> well, you, you, you maybe know this about me, but for me, like an inordinate amount of time listening to Audible and books while I'm like doing dishes and in the house and just really quite indulgent at times in my Audible account. I may have not given this enough thought about actually where did I go, and you may be a better person to ask, but certainly my go-to for years has been to self-soothe with carbohydrates, but I'm, I'm just aware of feeling so tired in it. I was so tired, so there were months there where I couldn't read. I couldn't pay attention to a story. Stacey, I'm not reading. I, I, am, I am listening and escaping. <laughs> reading would have been much more involved. No, no, no. I'm escaping. I am checking out. I am I am listening. Uh, you were listening, and I was binge watching. There you go. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Shira, can we go back to the sadness? Can I ask you a little bit mm-hmm. more? You just recently asked Jesus how your heart was doing, and he gave you a picture of you were in a fetal position. Why? Mm -hmm. What's the sadness Mm -hmm. from the year? Yeah, thanks, John. It's multi-layered for me. Um, And again, what I'd like to share is just the story of of the true sadness, then where my enemy came in and and just bore down on me with that overwhelming sorrow. And then Jesus's rescue um, of my heart. And so the sadness for me was so multi-layered. It was, um, you know, simultaneous to the pandemic, of course, was just the um, the unrest, societal yes. unrest in our in our in our country. I know um, we have friends all over the world. Maybe you've been watching from afar. I imagine you have been, but just grieving. Um, I've just been grieving, uh, watching the enemy divide us against each other as a you know and. And um, as opposed to bringing us together to mourn and self-reflect and repent and repair, really felt myself slowly losing heart. And even on an environmental level, we are in a devastating drought in Colorado, and I just felt myself grieving for the land, grieving for you know families that you know. Um, I was reminded that there's 30 plus million people in America who are food insecure, anyways, oh, in 2019. Yes. And so whatever insecurity is affecting my segment of the population. So just it was just like I couldn't yes. the the ripple effect of of pain. Yes. And and truly this like Jesus where are you especially when I saw the infighting within the body of Christ mm-hmm. and over you know how to respond to the social unrest and I mean I just really got to a place of despair. I had confessed to you over um it seemed the impotency of my society to be able to do what is right and good mm-hmm. and beautiful and true. Yep. So that was really, really, really tough. I, I think for us to pause and say one of the most heartbreaking things is how effectively the enemy has divided the body of Christ in this hour over things like masks. And I I was chatting with a friend, young Anglican priest, who is saying, we had a great congregation before this. Everyone was doing well. We were loving one another. And there were groups and studies and, you know, the sacraments and all that was rich. And our church split, this is what he was telling me, 
over masks and the strong, strong opinions about that. And and friends, I think right now, <laughs> how are you reacting to me saying this? Because you can just feel the rear, you know, on both sides of that. Well, hang on. Now that's a, you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Like for the body of Christ to be effective in this hour on the earth, the first thing is you shall love one another. This is how the world will know you are my disciples, your right. love for one another. Right. So just to say, whoa, like this has been hard on the heart to watch the divisions. And then, hun, you were saying right down at the friendship level, mm -hmm. uh, in the body of Christ, in marriages, splitting over, you know, Trump-Biden, marriages mm -hmm. going, you know, deep, mature, solid loving Christ marriages really torn by this. So just naming the enemy for a moment to go, yeah. oh man, he is having a field day with this new level of divisive opportunities. Right. And the perception, the per how how you how you look at as the world about the social injustice, about um the effect of the pandemic, not only in the United States, but on the world. And your perception on that being grief, and we need we need Jesus to come, we need to be in prayer, and then um, to, wow, this is really lovely to have a break. And I am so happy that I don't have to, you know, fill in the blanks, run around with a chicken with my head cut off. Like, and actually both were were true. And yes. so I think there was a there was a struggle with that as well of as a believer, how are you responding? Yes. Responsibly and in love. Yes. Um, so yeah, like what I would say, the cracks personally were exposed. And then I think the cracks in the body of Christ got exposed. And wait, really? We we can't love each other through this by the love of God. And yes. and that was sad. Yeah. So Sherry, you found you and I are highly empathetic people, like like super sensitive. I, I, I score way high. I mean, I cry at commercials, that kind of thing. Um, it, so super empathetic gifting, and then you find yourself heartbroken, and then you mention the enemy pounced on that? Mm -hmm. What happened? Well, I, I realized that since I was, you know, young, the enemy has tried to bend my heart inward on itself so that I would eventually, like, literally lose heart. Like you guys were talking about in that first podcast in the series when you were reading from Waking the Dead and just describing, like, the heart can be, you know, melt like wax and all the ways that the scriptures describe the heart. And I just can see that one of the enemies ploys across my whole life was to bend my heart in on itself and then have me falter, fall, and then, and just basically like he could take me out by um, despair, concession, and giving up. Mm. And apart from Christ, I really do think that would have been my destiny had Jesus not saved me. But the truth is that so, so what I felt like was happening for me is I was getting I was getting so sad. You know, there was a place where I do feel like I have this this lament and this grief and this, you know, we consecrate, you've invited me to consecrate my empathy that that was important and 
wanting to stay in that consecrated empathy. But then it would tip over. And I mean, I was just like, like my heart was actually breaking inside of me. And then I was being rendered. I was immobilized and paralyzed in that. And then the enemy came in and said, see, you are weak of heart and you are not going to finish this race. Like you'll get taken out one way or the other. And now you're, you know, you're um, being taken out now in despair over the, apparently the um, effectiveness of the body of Christ in North America, but just basically coming around and say, that really is tr- your true identity. And you've tried to believe otherwise. And you've, you you know, you've tried to, to imagine that maybe you aren't, maybe you are possibly stout hearted, but the truth is, is that you are, um, you're weak of heart and that mm. is who you are. Mm. And once I made that agreement, then the shame and the next level of despair of like, I knew it. I like, who was I to think maybe that I might be able to run this race with some sort of endurance or perseverance? And so just finally having Jesus come to me and, you know, the first thing he said is, I want you to break these agreements and I want you to agree with who I say you are. Mm. I was grieving, but then I turned inward and I was in despair of my own ability to participate with bringing heaven to earth. Um, So, you know, to agree with who he says that I am. And oh my gosh, you guys, that was just, it took so much um, grace from the Holy Spirit because um, I know you all have heard me talk about it, but when I was in that severe depression, God brought someone to me in central Illinois who heard the voice of God and who prayed over me. And she said, Sherry, this is in 2008, you are like Peter, you are being sifted, but you are called to be a rock and a refuge. And when you return, encourage others. And, you know, this is in a nondescript, out-of-the-way strip mall where I go to meet this lady who prays. And she hears this. And, I mean, I am literally dissolving. And she says, no, your identity is rock and refuge. And Jesus also gave me a word. I'm um, she who gets back up again. This was Mm. about four years ago. And so I just start being, okay, I am your sunshine and delight. I am she who gets back up again. I am rock and refuge. You know, just like... Oh, and it just, but but when I was proclaiming these things, the picture I had is I was pressing my face, like my ear against his heart, and he'd wrapped his arms around me, and I just had tears streaming down my face. And his compassion, he knew how hard it was for me to mm-hmm. agree. And I didn't even have to say it loud. I just like whispered it into his heart. And, you know, I could just feel him. And then his power starting to regenerate me again. Mm-hmm. And so this over-identity has just been huge for me. I just want to pause and again and just ask the listeners, okay, wow, what were the accusations that got in during this long, hard fight are getting in now? Like what, I thought I was more, more wholehearted. Wow, I'm just a royal mess. I thought I was stronger. Oh, I'm so weak. Or like just... Thank you for your story because it's causing me to go, whoa, I don't know that I asked myself, what did the accuser come against me with as a result of the throttling that were, you know, the global slugfest, that dogpile that we've been describing here in these three episodes. So it's been very, very, very rough on humanity, very, very rough on our humanity we're seeking healing. We want to talk about how can we better care for our hearts. Step one, holy cow, what were the agreements that I came under in this last year that I might not even be aware of? So to stop, friends, and ask Christ that, 
would be super helpful, maybe really enlightening, maybe very surprising that you might be able to name some, but to stop, ask Christ, let him show you in your vulnerability, in how hard it's all been and continues to be, how is the enemy accusing you? And might, might you be making some agreements there? Because the power of breaking those agreements is so utterly liberating. It really is. And, and part of the step out. So we're naming these things because we, we want to release the emotional power of them. But we also want to offer hope. <laughs> so what are you doing? What can a woman do to better Proverbs 4.23, guard, protect her heart with vigilance, with diligence above everything else she guards, like that incredible invitation to please, please, please care for your heart. How, how, can, how can she do that? Well, this is so beautiful. Like She listens to this podcast. And to be reminded that it isn't your duty that uh, all of heaven is battling over. It's your heart. Your heart matters. Your heart is central to God. Your heart is the treasure of the kingdom. And so to identify and remember that, like write it down, put it on your bathroom mirror, um, tell it to yourself again because— we were losing heart before any of this happened. Right. But to be able to say, oh, actually, I, I have been failing, but I'm not a failure. And in the midst of this, Jesus is crazy about me. And so it's a shift from looking at my circumstances or my behavior, even my impact on others, which I want to be life-giving and good, back to the Word of God. We have to be rooted in the love of God, in the truth of Scripture. And like you were saying, Sherry, like, who do you say I am? Asking that, who do you say I am? And then asking to be more, um, have more revelation on who Jesus really is. So that has been, that is, that, that's life-saving every day of your life. And in this season, to be rooted and grounded in Christ, where's my gaze and what's my hope? Stacy and I found it necessary to worship more in 2020 and here in the first part of 2021, probably more than ever. Yes. To get our gaze back on the face of Christ. Yes. It's Peter on the water. We're in the storm. Yeah. You look at the waves. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. And, and even the disciplines that we've been talking about either get off the news entirely or limit yourself to five minutes a day. Mm. Get in, get the basics. I mean, yes, are there new restrictions in your county? Are there things? You, of course. What are the schools announcing? Of course, you need that. You, you need to know, what am I praying for? But don't linger there. Do not fall down that rabbit hole. Right. It's that where do I, I lift my gaze up to the hills. Where does my help come from? Yes. My help comes from the Lord, yes. the maker of heaven and earth. Because yes. I am aware that my shift goes to people or policies. And, um, and those are important, but that is not my ultimate hope. 
right? Shifting our gaze back to Jesus, who tells us who we are. So I want to remind you, I actually got a letter today from an ally named Lindsay, and she listens to our podcast. So thank you, Lindsay. I'm not saying your last name because I didn't check with you, but just want to remind you, listen. Listen with your heart. You matter to God. You matter to God. Remember, He saw you before you were even born, and all the days of your life were recorded and ordained by Him before a single one of them has passed. Your heart matters to God. God is a devoted Father who will take care of you. His heart towards you is good. To remember that God is kind and trustworthy. To remember that He is not indifferent He cares about your pain, your losses, big and small. And we have a firm and secure eternal hope in Jesus Christ. God is sovereign. We can trust His heart even when we struggle to understand His plans. And and it's true that here on earth, earth is imperfect. It's partial. It's incomplete. But when we are finally with Jesus, we will have perfect clarity understanding, and wholeness. She wrote this, that this year reminds us again that life is short, and it is Christ and His coming kingdom that gives us purpose and hope. So let's press on to know Him. And so good. Friends, you could actually just like rewind two minutes and just listen to that again and again and again. Just the power of the truth of God. One thing that's helping Morgan and I so much is we are with um, some other folks reading through the Bible projects, one story that leads to Jesus. They're read through the scriptures in the year, and it's just giving me something to look forward to in every day. I can't wait to get to it. And I mean, you know, not every day. I don't want to overstate my enthusiasm, but on those days when my heart is in the trim, it just thrills me. And to then have the opportunity on the app to hear what other people interact over the over the reading and or over the video for the day. It's been awesome. So we're oh, going to do the fun. whole Bible this year. Nice. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Big shout out to those guys. We do yes. love what Tim and John and the team is doing at The Bible Project. If you haven't followed their scripture videos, their excellent podcasts, their study resources, another way to just get grounded in the truth this year. The other thing I recommend is picking up Waking the Dead. I'm committed to going through that um, the first half of this year. So highly recommend Waking the Dead. And you had mentioned maybe taking some young ladies through Mm -hmm. it, some teenage girls. I love that. That's awesome. I long for the day when I can commit to reading through the Bible. It's going to happen in a year. Right now, my discipline includes uh, the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, and just um, every day there's a scripture. And I am amazed just as as I get the daily reading from um, Wild at Heart, how it penetrates is perfect for my heart. And so today's I thought was really good for all of us as well, which is 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Okay, so again, we've got friends over in that shop, so we're going to give a shout out to the to the guys and gals over at YouVersion in the Bible app. Great stuff, great resources, tons of studies online yes. on there. Let me give one more. 
Friends, I think you know that we released a fabulous app in 2020 called the One Minute Pause. And we've gotten hundreds and hundreds of letters from folks who who literally found it life-saving during this very hard time. Well, I am stoked to announce for the first time, we actually added two new pauses on there. We felt that we needed something like a mental strength pause. Like, how do we get our thoughts back? How do we get a hold of this wild horse within us that's in the news and on social and Twitter and what's going on and and just the crazy? Yes. Because then I find myself just spinning in my thoughts. So there are two new pauses on there. There are mental strength pauses. There's a five minute and a 10. And I know, I know, I know it. That's like, it sounds so long. You're going to be amazed how quickly it goes. And on the 10 minute, um, just like on the current version, there's a current 10. Now this is a new mental strength 10. You have three choices in the new one. You can choose, do I need faith? Do I need hope? Do I need love? And they are killer. Stacy and I are using them. Like we, I sat down and played all three of them to myself yes, yesterday. Yeah, friends, so do it. Just it's beautiful. To, um, that's on the free one-minute pause app that you can get at the app store. So there's just some help and some thoughts here at the beginning of the year for strength. I I want to close with a scripture and a prayer. Would you read Psalm 27 to us, Cher? Gladly. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart and wait for the Lord. And then, Stace, would you pray Ephesians 3, the strengthening of our hearts? Yes. I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love— may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Yes, God. Yes, please. We agree in that prayer. Mm -hmm. We agree with Psalm 27. We will take heart and we will look to you. Come, come for us, dear Jesus. Come for your body. Come for this broken world. Come, Jesus. We pray for a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God into the people of God and into the world, the revelation of your heart, your heart, God, and how much our hearts matter to you. Friends, we sure hope that this series has been helpful to you. And as we asked last week with the men, if you know some women that this would be helpful to, if you know some men that need to understand the heart of their woman right now, would you share this? Tell folks about it. There are a lot of people really just treading water out there. So share the goodness. Thanks for listening. Thank you.